0: welcome to the nfl stock exchange podcast on today's show we're talking draft trades three realistic ones from both myself and trevor at the top of the show and then we're gonna get a little crazy the not very likely to happen draft trades we're gonna throw uh some players around obviously some big time picks and we're not just looking at 2022 assets we're gonna have 2023 as well so we have a loaded episode for you today. We're going to get creative. We're going to get off the rails. Sit back and enjoy the show. I'm Connor Rogers. Joining me, as always, is my co host, Trevor Sickema. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange. I'm Connor Rogers alongside with me, as always, is my co host, Trevor Sickema. And today we are not starting our guest mock draft series. You're going to have to wait till Thursday, <laughs> curveball. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, it takes a while. But Thursday we will be off the ground. We will have a lot of different guests and we will get that rolling. We actually have a really fun show today, Trevor. We are doing draft trades. We got a couple that we think are very realistic. And then after that, we're gonna do some that are totally off the rails that we're gonna have a lot of fun with. And if they happen, uh, it would be absolutely insane. So, dude, I'm excited for this one. I know we're making the people wait just a little longer, but today's gonna to be really good.
1: Yeah we <laughs> we started to get the interviews together, and we've got every, we've got a lot of people lined up now for the schedule to release the guest mock draft on time, so this doesn't happen again. But as we were kind of getting it together, we were like. All right, probably not going to have it done on this Tuesday. This takes There's a just long time. <laughs> <laughs> right, we, we, we bit off a little bit more than we could chew on that one. We want to make sure that this project is as good as it could be for you guys because it's been a lot of fun to do over the last couple of years, and it's it's going to be a blast to do. So we wanted to make sure that we did that right. But this idea, I think, has a lot of legs as well. This idea is very, very fun. That's me and you coming together and pitching some realistic draft day trades that we could see coming up at the back of april and then also like you said a couple of crazy ones we might throw in there that we probably don't think has happened but might be fun as hell to see if it does yeah dude
0: so let's kick things off i'm gonna get right into this and and there's gonna be a lot of different teams on this which is a lot of fun if you're um if your team's in the first round there's a good chance you're gonna be in this combo some way or the other starting with the the lions here now we're gonna have a lot of rebuilding teams at two? Uh, n- no, we are not starting at two. This is oh, the Lions okay. at 32. The Lions coming up instead of trading out, which might okay. surprise some people, but there is sound logic to this. Uh, they are one of the rebuilding teams that I actually think should not move backwards as much because they just have so much draft capital. They're fine there. I think they need a wide receiver, Trevor, and I think they, at 32 and 34, yes, you can get Sky more. Maybe you're in the George Pickens conversation. Those are fun. Those are not the same tier as the other guys. And I think they have so much draft capital that they can afford to do this without giving up thirty four, which would essentially just be um they're still getting that caliber player that they're looking for outside of round one. So thirty two. Okay. 66 and 97. So they're taking their first, their second first rounder, both their third round picks, and they okay. are coming up to the Eagles at 16. Don't forget the Eagles have three first rounders, so they can afford to get a little creative. They can come up once if they want, and they can go back once if they need to. They're trying to space out those picks, and this is a way for them to balance out that draft capital. So uh, for the Lions, those three picks, 32, 66, 97, 962 points on the old draft trade chart. That Eagles 16th pick is worth about a 1000 points so what you're keeping in mind here it's not a perfect science because uh, every draft value is different I think going up will be a little cheaper than usual this year and the Lions get up to 16 and the goal is simple here Trevor they are drafting the top wide receiver that's available before before they're all gone at 21 it's or 22 right you got New England you got Green Bay 32 is just too late I would love to see the Lions come up and get a Garrett Wilson get a Jamison Williams You know, Traylon Burks, Drake London, that's the kind of tier they're looking in here. So the Lions can walk away with, obviously, one of the best players in the draft at two, a really, really good starter at 34. But being aggressive from 32 and coming back up into the middle of the draft gives them that number one wide receiver of the future to play across from Amon Ross St. Brown.
1: Yeah, and they also signed DJ Chark as well, so that would give them there three go. pretty good wide receivers. Yeah. Josh Reynolds is there. I don't know if you were a Josh Reynolds fan when he was come, coming out of Texas A.M. I was. So. Good number four. Not right. Not giving up on the lad. Uh, so, look, I know he's been around the NFL, but I think that he's a good wide receiver, and I think it would be a great number four option there. You know, the Lions are at this point where – they're not totally sure who is going to lead them into the next step and when i say that i don't mean head coach or gm they hope that they have that there with dan campbell and brad holmes but the quarterback situation right they've got jared goff this is the last year with him where they they really have to have him as their starter before they can move on from him and basically uh, be able to turn that page in that next chapter they were able to get a couple of really great premium picks from the los angeles rams this would be one of them and being able to package a couple of third-round picks to be able to move up to go get a wide receiver that they might exactly want, right? And that's kind of what it would come down to. Yes, a lot of people might respond to this trade package and say, well, there's tons of wide receivers to get in this draft. Why would you trade up? And yeah. I do hear you, but if if they really love Drake London, if they really love Traylon Burks, those are two guys that I look at as, different types of wide receivers from what they have now. I think yes. the DJ Char can be a big, yep. yes, yeah, 100%. Char can be a field stretcher for you. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown can be that quick hit, almost use him anywhere on the field, kind of a player that you use anywhere from like 20 yards underneath, and you let him do some great work after the catch. If you want a big body contested catch guy, like we were saying before, in the red zone, and the money downs, and you want either a Traylon Burks or a Drake London, you think they're going to be available at 16, maybe pull the trigger. So I think that this is within the realm of possibility. I think you mentioned it. The only thing that would really hold this back, I think from actually coming to fruition is do the lions think they're at a point to where not having more throws of the dartboard, if you will, those third round picks, is that worth more with a young up and coming roster than going to go up and get one guy. But if they think it is, then I could see them checking the box and this may be happening.
0: Yeah, it's a little aggressive maybe for where their timeline is at. Now, when you look at it from the Eagles perspective as well, um, the reason I did this trade is because you are going to show a different perspective from the Eagles, and it's a way for them to diverse that portfolio on day two if they,
1: Trevor, if they do what? If if they if they trade up, is that what you were looking? Yes, is that what you were looking for me to say? So my trade that I have for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it was a good little transition there. I see you, Connor. Uh, I have them moving up, not them moving back. They've got the three picks in the first round. They've got 15. They've got 16, and they've got 19. A trade that I concocted in my head that I do think makes a lot of sense for both parties is Eagles moving 15. I guess you could get creative with which one they might end up moving. Obviously if you're in these negotiations and I have them doing business with the Atlanta Falcons. So if you call up Atlanta, you know, you don't start this trade off by saying, Hey, we'll give you 15. You start this trade off by saying, we'll give you 19. And if they put their foot down and they say, no, we're not doing that for one way for one reason or another, they would, they could be comfortable going all the way up to 15. And I have them giving up 15 number 51, which is their second round pick. And then a third or fourth pick in 2023. So next year's draft class, obviously, you just try to make the best deal you can. And getting all the way up to where the Falcons are at number eight, Falcons are giving them a fifth round pick back this year. So Eagles are trading a first, a second, and then a third or a fourth next year for the Falcons' number eight overall pick, essentially, for the Eagles to jump up. And their target at this point would be probably wide receiver one in this draft. So they would have their pick of anybody if they wanted, or if they want to get themselves a certain pass rusher, say Kayvon Thibodeau is still on the board, say Jermaine Johnson's still on the board, or really any defender that they really deem worthy of that pick. And I'm need a corner really bad, maybe a sauce Garner. Maybe they love Derek Stingley. Maybe the medicals check out, right? It just allows them, to really not pay that big of a price because the Eagles yeah. have 10 picks right now. And a lot of them are premium picks. And when you pick the guys that are higher in the draft, guess what you got to do, Connor, you got to pay them more, even with the rookie wage scale, you got to pay them more money. So that means that you've got to free up the cap to make sure you get all those guys in. So the and you got to fit them on the roster. I'd right, like the, the, You can't do 10 player classes every year. you go going to
0: camp and you, you're going to be cutting guys who use the draft slot on. It just doesn't work in the NFL year after year
1: especially for a team that made the playoffs. And I know that it was, yeah, you know, kind of a an easier way to make the playoffs. But you're right, they still did. And I think that they have aspirations to continue to do that moving forward. So why not make one of those first-round picks into a higher first-round pick? Because it, it, from what I just laid out here, yeah, they don't pick in the second round, but who gives a damn? Now you're picking in the top 10, you're picking 16, and you're picking 19. I think that would be a great strategy for the Eagles to go get a more premium player in this draft class to go get them. And then for the Falcons, you know, the the objective is simple for them right now. They just traded Matt Ryan. We're doing this podcast post-Matt Ryan trade. And you don't get a lot from him in draft capital return. But, Connor, I don't know if you've taken a look at the updated depth chart with the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, man, yeah. horrendous dude. They have no offensive weapons outside of Kyle Pitts, And they got nobody to throw in the football. I know that Marcus Mariota came in and signed a two year deal. So, I mean, I guess that makes them interesting, but I don't think Marcus Mariota is coming in to save the franchise. They also need offensive line help. They need secondary help. They need pass rush help. They need linebacker help. They need literally everything. This roster is absolutely terrible. And for Terry Fontenot, the GM there to sort of save what has been a not great start to his tenure something's in his control something's out of his control you gotta get you gotta get more picks man you gotta use number eight move back especially for next year because if we look at next year's quarterback class cj stroud uh tyler van dyke bryce young perhaps spencer rattler right there's a lot of guys that might be franchise caliber quarterbacks which you now need which you could have picked last year when you could have had the chance to pick Justin Fields but I'm just Ooh, saying man you went there He I'm went saying, there folks I'm just saying I think this would be a good move for both parties Eagles don't have to give a lot up in 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 a bigger point of view to move up into the top 10 and Atlanta really needs to move back get some extra picks they would get a um, a lot of a, a lot of picks back in return I think so this is this is one that uh that I think makes sense for both parties and that's what the targets are for both of them. Man,
0: it makes a lot of sense. And when you put both of ours together, I know we're very birds heavy right now, but to be fair, the Eagles have three first rounders in the draft. So they're going to be a big talking point. It shows a way that you can go up and be aggressive and then go back and really get the picks back, right? Like you gave up that second rounder, pick 51. That's a really valuable pick. But in my trade, they got back pick 66. So you can find ways to recoup what you lost if you have that much ammo in the top 50 of the draft and to your Falcons point, man, like you're in the phase and you're going to hear, you know, you're going to hear me say this a lot about certain teams. You just need players, man. You just need players like you. You need throws at the dartboard in the top 100 to get starting caliber football players for your roster that are on team cost control deals for the next half a decade. And that pick 51 is so valuable to them in this spot uh where the player that they might go back from 8 to 15 to get might not be that substantial difference right. where it was worth for taking them. on that risk for them right for other teams they you know a team might really want Drake London a team might really need speed and he's Jameson Williams so the Falcons I'm sure there are going to be wide receivers they fall in love with they need wide receivers but once again you need a you need a football team right now so so i like it trevor i and this, think that makes this would, sense
1: this would also give them three second round picks then because they already have two because the julio jones trade so right. that would give them a pick that's not too far down the line you know it's going from 8 to 15 that's really not that far back and it's an extra pick at the beginning of day two so it would be a middle of the uh, middle of the first round pick and then three second round picks that's big for them like you said to they, because they, they just got to get players they got to get new players in there all right dude uh, let's take
0: this a different direction here uh, okay. this we've obviously gone very pick heavy trades let's take a look at a player trade that has to do with the draft right now Ooh. you said it as we sit here today matt ryan uh was traded early in the day and that is is great for the Colts. It's great for Matt Ryan. Like, I I love the fit. I think it's going to be really good in Indy. I think that makes so much sense for both sides. Atlanta does right by Matt Ryan, gives him a chance to go win somewhere in an organization that uh, he'll fit into seamlessly. But Trevor, the variable in all of this is now, where the hell is Baker Mayfield playing football next year, dude? And... On top of that, the Browns have no leverage, so nobody wants to give up anything to trade for this dude when they have to pay him about $19 million this year. I have two spots for Baker Mayfield that, as I sit here and, and stare at the the little black dot camera, I don't even believe it, to be honest with you. <laughs> but let's just let's just propose them. I'm going to throw these at you, and you tell me which one makes more sense. Carolina and people might be shocked at the value, but I'm telling you, don't be, because this is where the value's at. Carolina trades pick 137. Carolina does not have a day two pick as a reminder in this draft because of the Sam Darnold trade and a couple other things. Or day three One, pick.
1: Because the. Uh, this is a day three pick. Oh, you're right. You are right. They don't right. No, have a I'm lot gonna, of They have they no day two ammo, though, at all. Because you, so. uh, you, you said day two. And I thought you meant round two because it's <sighs> round two because of the Sam Darnold trade. And it's round three because of the C.J. Henderson trade. So they, you're right. They don't have any pick of day two. They don't have a day two pick. Not great. Um, Carolina
0: trades 137 for Baker Mayfield, or Seattle trades 109 for Baker Mayfield.
1: I was born both fourth round picks? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, dude this is where De- we De are messed up so bad man. yeah they didn't
0: really hold their cards uh quite well oh man that'd be
1: brutal
0: i mean baker has nowhere to play right now like dc would have been a great fit but this is too late and so this is this is all i could think of <sighs> in terms of places he goes and plays also what would it, wouldn't it be wild if sam Darnold and baker mayfield were in a camp Together after being the number one and number three <laughs> overall pick in the same
1: draft four years ago. Uh truly incredible. QB one and QB two in that draft. Uh that also had Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen in it, by the way, just uh to make those franchises um to stick the knife in it a little bit further. Dude, that's yeah. n- i mean. Well, oh, so, when
0: you Atlanta you signed Mariota, so that's not a spot here anymore. I want to make that clear if you're listening. Right. right. Mariota's in Atlanta. That's not happening. So cross that so, off.
1: Colts wanted to go after well, so Baker Mayfield wanted to go to the Colts. And smart. Should I, I think the Colts were interested from everything that we heard, but it obviously makes sense for them to get Matt Ryan instead of Baker oh, yeah. Mayfield. So I uh, work that connection, especially for a third round pick, dude. Like oh. it's great. It's they can just, be run heavy. Oh my goodness. I, I teams have done teams showed their whole ass for this yeah. Deshaun Watson situation, man. They, they pants themselves, Dude, literally. there were so many teams involved. By so many, I mean like five, but there were so many teams involved that just like sold out for this. They, and, risked, they risked it all, like completely
0: gave up everything. Man. And were oh. mostly left with nothing. I don't even think the Browns are in a great situation. Let me make that clear. I understand they got him, but the lengths they went to to get him, that's all I'll say. Yeah. I'm not picking the Browns to be in the AFC title game this year. Let me make that very clear. Yeah.
1: Uh, Was it pretty, worth it? Anyways, pretty gross, actually. Uh, so, well, Mayfield, you know that report came out. I don't remember if it was Florio, it was Pro Football Talk, but they were like, "Oh, the Browns might think that the best course of action for Baker Mayfield is to humble him a little bit and to cut, <laughs> like, cut him." <laughs> I was like, "I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw this, but I, uh, I, I posted, I posted the clip from uh, from The Dark Knight where it's the Joker burning all the money and he's just like." it's not about the money oh my it's god it's about sending a <laughs> <The> message, message? <laughs> like,
0: Dude, I laughed
1: so what hard if your when boss sat that? you down
0: and said we're gonna let you go and you're gonna have places to choose from but you're also gonna get 19 million dollars to leave <laughs> Great. sick! i'm out see you i'm out before lunch and you and you hate it there. He doesn't like it there. <laughs> no,
1: he hates it. He said goodbye before they even got to Sean Watson. Dude, if I'm if I'm Baker Mayfield, I am I am raising as much of a stink oh. as possible on Twitter. So th- they're forced to cut me and give they, me the
0: nineteen mil. If they don't move him in time when OTAs start, I would go to OTAs, but not in my Browns oh. practice uniform. I would go in like my Oklahoma <laughs> practice uniform. And demand a practice. I would, I mean, he should, I know he can't, he really doesn't have room to do that, because I don't know if you're going to have another employer if you
1: just go full scorched earth. But for comedy. Yeah, right. In, in, a, in our own vacuumed reality in which yeah. we want to get the most content on the Twitter timeline. That half is of our
0: thoughts want. are like XFL, like when Vince McMahon owned it, not what it was.
1: Man. Like the wrestling version of the yes, XFL. 100%. That's half of our football ideas it really it really is It really, <laughs> we, need, the game. we need to just have a full episode about all those one day but okay getting back on track a fourth round pick from either of these teams i mean seattle and carolina are the landing spots for baker mayfield right i mean you look at a lot of situations around the nfl shoot jimmy garoppolo is still up for trade right and are already would either yeah. of these teams rather have jimmy garoppolo i don't know it probably depends on the price tag but it certainly seems like he is held in higher regard than baker mayfield is so because people like him, I know people will right? listen to
0: this and think it's insane. And I, I do get it. But when when you talk to coaches, you kind of get it like they don't want to deal with people that cause friction with them sometimes. And Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, is a better player than Jimmy G. But yes, yeah, it's a real thought process in all of this. And here's the problem, Trevor, when I propose these trades, I don't know what Seattle's trying to do. And to be fair, I'll give them time to figure that out, right? Like they have good receivers. They, you know, obviously have pieces on defense. They paid Jamal Adams. They paid Quandre Diggs like I, I don't you know, they have Shelby Harris there after the trade, like they're not a complete blow this up yet. So do you go get Baker and give this thing a shot or you do? You wave the white flag and you trade, you know, DK Metcalf and everything you have and you just start over. With the oldest head coach in the NFL. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like dumb and dumber. I, but- I, I I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a lot of the major moves around the NFL have been very perplexing. Uh, Baker Mayfield going yeah. for a fourth would, would do If you told anybody that even a, even a year ago, it shoot. Even like six months ago for as bad as Baker was playing. If you told, if you told people that in six months, Baker's getting dealt for a fourth round pick, one fourth round pick. They tell you to get out of town. They tell I you know. to get out of their face so quick. And here we are. The
0: quarterback that's- shuffle has just broken the brains of the NFL. Who would you? Wh- where would you? Ra- I would
1: rather him go to Carolina. Me too. I think that's a much better. I mean, I think that makes more sense for well, Carolina as well. Instead if- of say like trading for Jimmy G, like it, it makes more sense yeah. for them to take a flyer on Mayfield.
0: If they didn't fire Joe Brady, I would actually really love it. Like I think Baker. With Joe Brady, you have DJ Moore, McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson there. I mean, you actually have an offense that you're like, eh, this isn't too bad, to be honest with you. And you can use the sixth overall pick then to get better. You can get a franchise tackle. You could do different things. Even if you moved out of the pick, then you could double dip. Um, Rather than, I mean... I don't know, dude. It just
1: feels like Carolina really might take Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis at six. That that means that means that uh, if if Carolina were to do that, that means that they'd be spending thirty six million dollars on the cap in Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold on their fifth oh, I forgot years. about that. That is uh, that's not good. That's <laughs> not good. That's not ideal. No, I look. I but those are two destinations that I guess I could see it. So that uh, that fits the bill for what we're talking about here. I have another player centric one. You actually just brought up his name. Mm. DK Metcalf, the wide receiver from Seattle Seahawks. Green Bay Packers, do it's it. perfect. Trade, trade. All right, here's what we do. If Green Bay, Brian Gutenkunz. okay? Call him up. Be like, we'll give you 28. We'll give you pick number 28. And then the Seahawks are going to say, absolutely not. We want 22. And then Brian Gutenkunz is going to say, no. And he's going to hang up the phone. And then he's going to let him sweat it out. And then a week later, he's going to call him up. He's going to be like, I'll give you 28. Pete Carroll's going to hesitate a little bit, but then he's going to say no. And then Gutenkun is going to be like, Okay, well, I'm not giving you 22. And then he hangs up the phone. And then draft day rolls around. And if they say, All right, DK Metcalf or 22, when the Green Bay Packers are on the clock at number 22, just trade it. Depending on who's on the board, of course, like if somebody, if some major steal falls to 22, okay, maybe you could do that. But go go get DK Metcalf. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, especially at being a vertical threat receiver, which is the deep ball, which is what Aaron Rodgers loves to do, which is a major part of now what he does not have with Devonte Adams. This feels such a major need for them. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He could be a deep yep. threat player. I mean, Randall Cobb, I think he's still going to be there unless I, I don't know green Bay plans. Like he's yeah, he kind of an afterthought at this point. Alan Lazard is more of like a big body wide receiver. Yeah. He could be a deep threat guy as well, but he's not athletic as DK Metcalf, but you have got to replace Devontae Adams somehow, and you're, you're probably not going to be able to do it in one single blow with one single addition. You've got to make multiple additions here. If you are going to draft a wide receiver in the first round, whether it is 22 or 28, if Seattle will trade you one of those picks for DK, make it happen. Go yeah, do it. absolutely. That's way better than whatever the wide receiver options you're going to have at 22 or 28 are. And he's still on a rookie deal and you can still make it work for the window that Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing really good football. That's the deal that I want to see happen the most, is I want to get D.K. Metcalf out of that situation in Seattle, and I want to get him to Green Bay. So that's a trade that Connor is a realistic one, and I think that it's got some legs. I hope that it does.
0: Yeah, we're just waiting to see if they're they're willing to move D.K., and from everything I've heard recently, they they haven't been, but that can change when you get closer to the draft. You have desperate teams Um, I'm surprised there hasn't been more buzz around DK being moved in the, they are a classic one foot in one foot out. I just don't know what Seattle wants to be. And Trevor, they have to make the decision soon because you've got to pay
1: him eventually. Right. That's right. You know? So that's That's the tricky part. That's (sighs) the thing. Yeah. You've got to pay him you gotta pay and like people are gonna i know people are gonna bring up in the comments they're gonna say dk was pick 64 why would you give up 22 for him okay well, well he was picked 64 and that him. was obviously way stupid. lower than it should have been stupid he, he was wide receiver one in that class he yes. always was yes. uh he should have gone way sooner than he did now we have realized that so back into the first round pick and like i said if you are planning on using this on a wide receiver you should do everything you can to use that as the pick to try to go get dk metcalf on a Other note, Connor and I were looking up different trade options that we were talking about before the show, and one of them that I thought about was Tyler Lockett to the Buffalo Bills. So the other Seattle Seahawks wide receiver, which we were told that they were shopping around a little bit, I was like, ooh, Tyler Lockett maybe going to the Bills, right? Like even if the Bills gave up uh, – you're you're probably not giving up 25 for Tyler Lockett, but I don't know, something – a day two pick or something, or even if it was an early day two pick, you are the bills. You were competing for a super bowl this year. Go and get a really talented player, especially with Cole Beasley being gone. And them only having now Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Like they need another wide receiver in there. I don't love Tyler Lockett with Josh Allen. And then I looked at Tyler Lockett's contract and it is stupid. It's just dumb. No, mo- no wonder why the dude can't get traded. Seattle signed oh, into a deal that no team is ever going to trade for. It's unbelievably backloaded. I mean, I think he goes up to God. What was the number? I have it right here. Tyler Lockett. He's a thirty-one million dollar dead cap hit this year. He's a twenty-one million dollar dead cap hit next year. Sixteen point seven mil on the cap, and then in twenty four in twenty twenty two or sorry twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five, the last two years of his deal. He is on the cap for 23.9 million and his his dead cap hit then goes to 14 and 7. They are they are <laughs> getting a loss on Tyler Lockett no matter what they do with him. This contract is so bad. And the Bills it's aren't terrible. the Bills aren't going to take this contract. No way in hell. No one should. No one's going to take this contract. No, number one, he he turns 30 this year.
0: So yes. that's a bad start. Let me make that very clear. And and we we like Tyler Lockett a lot, but... Oh, I do. Yes. I mean, you're talking about a 185-pound receiver that is 30 this year that has all this money due at age 31 and 32. That is, he's going to be banged up a lot. That's I, Seattle is in a bad spot, in my opinion, where I truly don't have the answer of... I, I mean, I'm always in, like, if you don't know the answer, blow it up. That's always my thought process. It's not the opposite. It's not, if you don't have the answer, go for it. Um, which you know that's that's not the idea blow it up but like you said they have some situations like this that are are on you you can't move them you can't do anything with it so okay so you brought up the bills uh potentially being in on that and then you Mm -hmm. realize realize that couldn't work my next trade is for the bills and the bills to me are a you know super bowl ready team they don't need these big player classes they need you know legit pieces I say your offense was awesome with Josh Allen, and you obviously have ascending talent, You know whether it's Dawson Knox and Gabe Davis. You have a bona fide stud, obviously, in Diggs. In this situation, I'm saying just build onto it. The Bills trade 25, which is their first-round pick, 57, their second-round pick, and 130, that's their fourth pick. That comes in at about 1,100 points. They go up to 13 overall, which Houston now has from Cleveland. Okay. And the Bills draft... Traylon Burks assuming Drake London's gone right like Drake London went to Atlanta at eight the Jets ten commanders not there don't think he'll be there okay so I want to be fair and actually really like this Traylon Burks fit because when you look at the bills the structure of their offense they do need a player that can handle some gadget role situations from their backfield and they don't really have that guy with Burks he can handle your jet sweeps You can motion him around. You can use him on shallow crossers to get the ball in his hands, tight end screens, and then obviously also play him as a true wide receiver and get him vertical. So if you have Diggs, Davis, and Burks, and you can play him as a big slot, which is really fun in this offense with Davis and Diggs, Burks and Knox in the middle of the field, and he blocks, and we'll get to the Houston thing in a second though. Trevor, I really like Traylon Burks in the Bills offense, and this would give them a Basically a juggernaut at this point on offense.
1: Uh, We've talked about it so many times before on this podcast. It is an arms race in the NFL, not just in the AFC, not just where the bills currently are. Like it's just, you've got to get better playmakers than the team that's lining up against you. Josh Allen is playing the quarterback position as well as any player on the planet right now. Go make sure that he also has the best weapons to potentially throw to this. I love this idea. I don't know how aggressive Brandon Bean would be to go up and move from 25 to go get a wide receiver, but obviously they've done it before, right? They traded their first round pick straight up for Stefan Diggs. And so they've done things like this in the past. So I I, I think the mindset maybe would be there. And if this was in any way on the table, I think they'd think about it. I think the, pro, you
0: know, the thing with it is, why it doesn't make sense for the why it makes sense for the Bills is you can give up pick fifty-seven because the chances of that player contributing in your championship run is very low in this draft. Other drafts, maybe not. In this draft, not great. Whereas Houston going back, Houston already had a top ten pick, so they got a premium player already. Mm-hmm. Now they move 13 and they go back to 25, which is a big jump. But getting 57 and 130. One of those two players very well could be a factor for you two or three years from now. It's a developmental player that's going to go into your rebuild. That is going to be a part of your process long term because you're not in a championship window. It's really the Atlanta argument you did with the Eagles all over again. And Houston, right. they got to they gotta load up and, and get as much talent as they can in the top 100 of this draft. The Bills instead zone in on one premium player uh that once again can make their offense a, just a
1: total powerhouse more so than it already was all right i got one more trade that i want to talk about that's a realistic trade and then we're going to get into at least one the of each from us which are just these these crazy wild trades that would be that would that would shake the league in certain ways, but okay. The probabilities are a little low, but we do want you guys to hear it. Before I read off my last thing, I got to let you guys know, if you don't have a premium PFF subscription, now is a great time to do it. Use the promo code NFLSE and you're going to get 25% off any PFF subscription, an edge, an elite, a college, whatever it is, you get access to the premium articles, um, the draft guide, the fantasy football guide, all the betting tools, everything that PFF has to offer, you're going to be able to get if you use this promo code NFL, S E, when you sign up, so do that, get yourself 25% off. And then we've talked about it before, but there's a new fantasy football type of game that we are releasing here at PFF called all 22. It uses weekly PFF grades as is one of its main scoring components to test your ability to build a full 53 man roster. It's like fantasy football meets a Madden fantasy draft where you're still going head to head against somebody else's team every single week, but instead of stats, It's using actual performances to say my team played better this week. My players played better this week than yours did. Not just my players got better stats. They played better than yours did. It's such a really cool concept. I did a draft of it last uh, last September, and the draft was a blast because you're drafting all sorts of players, and it was a lot of fun to keep up with. Join the waitlist now, all-22.com, with nothing more than your email. If you join the waitlist before the NFL draft, you will also receive a special promo code, with the all 22 subscription waitlist users will even get premium content like the inaugural draft guide the in-season strategies and feature release announcements all that and so much more be sure to follow them at all 22 underscore pff on twitter all 22 it is premium fantasy football powered by pff all right here we go last realistic trade for me and then we'll get into some craziness i gotta go back to the atlanta falcons because as i looked up and down the draft order there were a lot of different little things that i could see but you know whether it was ah, maybe the chargers going super all-in and trading up i don't know if i could see that is as their player that they would really trade up that much for same thing for the baltimore ravens i already used the eagles a little bit there and I just kept coming back to the Atlanta Falcons as a team that has to move back in the draft. And I think the Eagles were potentially an option for them. But if they want to go a little bit further down, say pick number 20 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Malik Willis does not go number two overall. And if he does not go number six overall to the Carolina Panthers, I think the Steelers are going to be on the phone to get into the top 10 and go get this dude. I think a first round pick this year. So Steelers given up number 20. A fourth round pick this year, so 138, and then a 2023 first round pick. So Atlanta getting two first round picks here, swapping for number eight. Obviously, the Steelers go up to eight and draft Malik Willis in the top 10. Falcons, basically, best player available, right? They're, yep. We're talking, if they're looking wide receiver, maybe Chris Olave or Traylon Burks is still there at number 20. Um, you know, if there's a certain O-lineman who's sliding a little bit down the board, maybe a pass rusher. Like we said, this team has so many needs they could fill it with best player available. But the important part, Connor, here is that they would be getting a first-round pick next year, which you figure Atlanta's probably not drafting a quarterback in this year's draft. They might want to load up on the ammunition To get themselves in a position to draft a Bryce Young, a CJ Stroud, a Tyler Van Dyke, a a, a Spencer Rattler, somebody. So, this gives them ammo for next year to continue to get those premium players, maybe the premium player with their eyes on the quarterback class next year. So, I thought of it. I, I thought this one might have some legs as well for both parties involved.
0: I love it. And I think you could go back to the trade I did before with Houston and make that similar argument. You nailed it. The 2023 draft capital is going to be really important to a couple teams. Right. And and I have one for our next segment uh, where I'll show that you have one here where it's very important for the Falcons teams like that, that, they might be in on that quarterback class. They might like that draft better. If they don't win this year, they're not going to be fired. They have a little bit of insurance. Uh, so, you, and for the Steelers, it's you know it's not the opposite necessarily, but they know they need to get one this year. They know they need to get things back on track. Obviously, they they legged through it with Big Ben last year, and that was a tough situation for everyone. <laughs> they have a they have a great defense. They have a run game. Uh, they they made some tweaks to the offensive line and free agency. Get a young quarterback in there that can make some plays with those wide receivers and, and start looking towards your long-term future now.
1: I agree. I think these are, this makes sense for these. Are we getting into the craziness now? Yeah, it's, it's time for the madness. So okay. We, so let,
0: full transparency here. Trevor and I made the rundown for today's show. Yep. And when we make the rundown, we could see each other's notes. We each have a column. But what we did was for this part... <laughs> We rode ours in at separate times when we were not in there and blacked it out. We Man, filled just, it
1: with one, just our just our crazy, just,
0: just crazy trades. So we have no idea what we're about to throw at each yeah, other. I, now. I'll admit, I have saying. two. One of them I needed to. I really needed you to not see, but I need to all be not shown for, you know, continuity. OK, so okay. who's
1: who's run? Who's starting this? Who's starting this? Off? You should. You should start okay. it you're you you were the one who initially came up with the my trade is so good i've gotta black this out so he doesn't see it until we do it live so i have to hear yours i've got okay hear it.
0: i think you're gonna really like it and i actually the more i think about it i don't think as it's as insane as impossible oh here we
1: go now he's talking right. himself into it folks this is where it gets good the Bucks. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I just I just took the highlighter off. Okay, the Bucks trade 20 27 and
0: 59 and a 2023 first rounder. Tom Brady's back. They're going for the Super Bowl. 27, 59. That's 990 points. Okay. And a 2023 first rounder, which against Felipe Franks. And Sam Darnold in that division, they are going to be picking very late in the first round. So it's not a great future first round pick. Okay. To
1: Seattle
0: for number nine overall. The Bucks go all the way from 27 to number nine and draft a tumbling Kayvon Thibodeau. <laughs> it's not nuts.
1: It's a little crazy, but it's not like... No chance. You know what the, you know, the thing that might actually hold this back the most is simply them already having Joe try and show on the I roster. Know. It's not even the thought process because funny enough, I also wrote one down that has to do with the bucks moving up and going all in. It just wasn't that bold. It wasn't, it wasn't all the way to number nine. I think I had them. Hold on. Let me, uh, I've got it here. What were the exact stipulations that I had? I have the bucks trading. Okay. So I have the bucks trading a first round pick next year and their first round pick this year. So two first round picks to go up to Minnesota. Number 12 and the Bucks draft either Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt, because I think that they might lose in Dominican and and might not have okay. William Golston. So them just going interior defensive line, and then Minnesota, moving back to 27, gets themselves oh, no, in a first-round pick. I absolutely floored it. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. You did. And then Minnesota can either get uh, Kyrie Elam, Andrew Booth, David Ojabo, Boye Mafe. That's a great situation. Everybody wins.
0: It is. Everybody and then in 2023, they can draft their quarterback of the future, uh, they have the extra first rounder. I did the same thing for Seattle here. They have the extra first rounder. So we were basically the same exact thought process. I just looked at it and I was like, yeah, you got Shaq Barrett rushing from one side. Let's put KT across from him. And, you know, JPP, it's it's obviously kind of over there. Yeah, um, right, I think, right. I don't think right. he's coming back.
1: I'm, so. I'm just thinking of 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 Todd Bowles on a third and long getting Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, Kayvon Thibodeau, Joe Tryon, Choyenka all on the field, just like at the same time. Devin White probably flying up the a gap, right? And it's just like that's oh, madness. What are you going to do at that point? Who? What offensive line is stopping that? So listen, it's the fat- fastest front in the NFL with those you, guys all on the field. You're an absolute madman, and uh, and I love you for it. All right, are you looking at the sheet, or do you not want to look at the sheet? For mine, I, I don't want to. I'm gonna. I scrolled away. Okay. All right. He scrolled away. All right. All right. I'm taking it away.
0: Okay. <clears throat> All right. Oh boy.
1: Jesus Christ. What is it? (laughs) The New York giants. Okay. Trade number five overall. Number 81, which is a third round pick and they have three third round picks this year. Okay. So it's one of their third round picks. A 2023 first round pick. And quarterback Daniel Jones oh God, what? to the Arizona Cardinals oh my God. for Kyler Murray <laughs> and a 2023 second round pick. So let me break it down for you. OK, essentially, the Cardinals are trading a third round pick or sorry, the Cardinals, the Giants are trading a first round pick next year and the Cardinals are trading a second-round pick next year. So they are swapping. They're essentially just swapping the difference there. So it's not like a major difference in the trade there. The big meat and cheese of the trade is number five overall, a third-round pick this year, and Daniel Jones for Kyler Murray. And the New York Giants get Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray gets the hell out of Arizona, which he's pissed about. He gets to go to the Giants. He gets to work with Brian Dable, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a good fit. That's my crazy trade it's not so
0: it's so insane and it that's definitely the most insane one we'll go through um
1: what does arizona do (laughs) be bad (laughs) ride daniel jones this year and see what they can make out of daniel jones but then they have number five overall this year so like if they wanted to because arizona's got I think some needs obviously along the defensive line and then the offensive line as well. If they wanted to pick a quarterback this year, they could, but then Arizona goes all the way up to number five. And then you also have the luxury of them maybe going up to number five and also trading back a little bit if they want. So like all of a sudden Arizona has all of this draft flexibility, because if they were to do this trade, they get number five and they still have number 22, right? They're they're not, wait, is 22. What is it? 23, 23. 23, 23, that, yeah, 23. Green Bay 23. is 22. So they would have number five and number 23. Maybe they move back from five a little bit into the teens. Maybe somebody wants to jump up to five. I don't know. But they could draft a quarterback this year if they wanted. Or they could, again, punt it a little bit until next year. And next year, they also have two first-round picks. So all of a sudden, Arizona now has a first-round pick in uh, two first-round picks this year, two first-round picks next year. And they kind of get to have the customization to do a lot of whatever they want there in a roster that, if you ask me, is not as close to competing at a high level as the early parts of their record last year. I agree. So this is Arizona taking a hard look in the mirror and realizing that they're not exactly where they need to be. And look, if Kyler Murray was happy where he was, I don't even think that I would propose this but the problem is that he's not he's pissed and, you, and he wants to get paid and you don't want this situation to become like what russell wilson was in seattle now obviously russell wilson got a major haul back from the seahawks but russell wilson has also been one of the best quarterbacks over the last 10 years and is a super bowl winner and uh, played on an mvp level last year and so it's it, it, there's there's a difference i think so arizona takes a good hard look at the mirror they move on from Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray is disgruntled with him, they get a good package back. They get Daniel Jones. Like maybe they like Daniel Jones. I don't know. And then the New York Giants actually get a really good quarterback that they could fully believe in. And Brian Dable gets a fun quarterback weapon that he gets to work with again.
0: So there you go. So if I was Arizona in that situation, and I think Kyler Murray would actually love that because he, he goes to New York and gets paid a ton of money and works with Dable. If I was Arizona in that situation, I would try to sell off like five or 23 and get first rounders for next year. Now I know you got the first rounder already for 2023 from the giants in the mm-hmm. pick swap and they'd have their own first rounder. I would try to get a third first rounder and then use all three of those picks to go back
1: up for CJ Stroud. Like, or like at that yeah, point or Bryce young, like at that point, if you are Arizona and you trade up to five or and you have number five, you call the Pittsburgh Steelers and be like, give me yeah. stuff from give me stuff from next year so that's want 23 sudden, assets then all of a sudden Arizona's got three first round picks next year two first round picks this year and a second and two second round picks next year too as well so yeah. that's like a major rebuilding opportunity for them and i kind of like it man it's it's a little mad scientist it is, but
0: i mean people that if anyone gets actually mad about this like we're not actually trading kyler murray to the giants but we're presenting a scenario how you can maximize a disgruntled player uh, for an insane amount of draft capital rather than just chasing Deshaun Watson. And I know Baker Mayfield's not even close to Kyler Murray's level, but basically nuking your own asset in Baker Mayfield, who we had traded for pick number 137 on today's show.
1: So there we go. That was my, that was my mad. We should probably stop talking about this because the more that we talk about it, the more I actually wanted to, the more I'm actually convincing myself that it could happen. So we've got to move on. All right. So the last one for me is really not that crazy. I just didn't
0: fit it into the first segment. It's a, it's a little off the walls here talking about the giants. This is the opposite direction for them. I have the Raiders. Let's just call what it is. The Raiders sign Chandler Jones, really good player, but an older player. They traded for Devontae Adams, amazing player, but definitely getting older, but still amazing. Say what you want about the Raiders. They're trying to win right now. They don't care about the Broncos. They don't care about the Chiefs. They don't care about the Chargers. Say whatever you want about the Raiders, but hats off to them. They are trying to win right now. To me, they have a glaring hole on the offensive line that in that division against Khalil Mack and Bosa, obviously the Chiefs front, obviously the Broncos. It's going to be tough for them to keep Carr upright, you know, with Brandon Parker on the right, or whoever they have to play on the right side. I know Parker's mm-hmm. actually a free agent. All right, I follow you. I, I think the Raiders should trade their 2023 first rounder, come back to the top of round two, which would be the uh, to a team that's willing to move because the Giants have so much time. The Giants have picked 36, and take the top tackle on the board, which hopefully would be Tyler Smith in this scenario. Oh. And Tyler Smith's your starting right tackle, yes. That means you didn't pick in the first round this year. That means you didn't pick in the first round next year. But if you want to be all in, be all in. Don't do one foot in, one foot out. you got a glaring hole in the offensive line. This is a good tackle draft. It Mm -hmm. might not be a good tackle draft next year. And it might not matter next year because it might be too late because this year didn't work out for you. Uh, So when I look at teams mortgaging some of the future... I, and I would have made the you know a trade for the Raiders you know to go get Lyle Collins or whatever it may be before he was cut. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of right tackles on teams that that get moved or are looking to get moved. The Patriots brought, brought back Trent Brown. The right tackle market's just you know Teron Armstead's a left tackle, and it looks like he, he's talking to Miami. The Raiders got to get a little creative now without picking in the first and second round, and this is the only way I think they
1: could do it. I don't hate this idea. I. Tyler Smith would be tough for them because you're throwing him in right away. And you and I have, I've talked about this before, how we like Tyler Smith a lot, but there's work to be done. Him starting right away might just be like a lot of, a lot of lumps early on. And so, I mean, I'd, I'd still like the Tyler Smith pick, but yeah, if you could get somebody, if you could get somebody that you could guarantee to step in right away, I mean, I don't hate it. I like. I don't think they do it, obviously, but I don't think no, anybody does these trades far-fetched. that we've talked about over the last 10 minutes. So <laughs> This uh, is very yeah. far-fetched. It's an interesting idea, though. I, I do like, if there's certain offensive linemen on the board, hell yeah, man. Go get aggressive. Go do it. They're putting all man, the chips in the middle. When we do a show like
0: this, it makes me wish that NFL GMs were a little bit more creative or less afraid. And I think we've started to see it. Like the Rams, obviously what they've done. You know, obviously what the Broncos just did going to get Russ. We've seen a little bit of it this year, but these are outside the box ideas. And I'm not talking about the crazy segment. I'm even talking about the first one that I just think, you know, a little. I'm curious when we get a a mad scientist GM somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of who's who's like a coach comparison right now that I'm looking for, like even what Brandon Staley did going for fourth down all the time, you know, before the 50 yard line. Who's going to be the GM that does something and all the old talking heads go, "Uh, we've never seen this before. This guy's an idiot. And it's like, it makes you think a little bit. Right. I don't know (laughs) if we're ever going to get there, but... Be interesting
1: yeah and that was the that was the whole point of this podcast episode yes. is to you've all been just tricked get people to think a little bit you know there's obviously trades that we threw out there they're a lot more realistic than the other ones but i think it was fun all around man this, especially you know for me i grew up playing madden and doing fantasy drafts and yeah, doing man. all that and just trying to create my own team in any way shape or form i know you were the same way so yeah i knew this is going to be a very fun segment we didn't get to i don't know if there's any other players that you want to shout out like we talked about potential trades with daniel hunter but his contract especially with that roster bonus kind of makes that hard we it's also tough. talked about michael thomas the worst contract w- in the nfl <laughs> so so i brought that up connor and i were talking before the show and i brought up Tyler lockett and then i and then i said to him i was like oh what about michael thomas like it seems like he doesn't want to be in new orleans and that could be an interesting one and connor's like low-key that's probably the worst contract in the nfl and i'm like there's That I mean, that can't be true. That's got to be an over-exaggeration. And uh, sure enough, holy smokes, Michael (laughs) Thomas' contract is bad. Dude, Michael Thomas is 38.3 dead cap hit this year. He's only a 13.3 on the cap. But he's 38-3 on dead if they if they move on from him. He goes up to 28 and 27 million against the cap over the next two years. And his dead money never gets below 13.6 in the final year in two years. Holy yeah. sm that is not the guy that you want not happy to be on your team. Oh boy, that's bad. Yikes. I
0: mean, dude, this contract is like, whoever did this contract was just like. It's like an old person making the joke, like, oh, I'll be dead by the time that's a problem. <laughs> like that's that's literally the, the contract. Like whoever did this contract's like, eh, that won't be my problem by the time in
1: 2024. It's a total nightmare. Bro, it's got two void years on it too. Oh yeah, it just I, my, I mean Michael Thomas is not an unrestricted free agent until twenty twenty
0: seven. Dude, there's a chance that one of us has like an actual child by the time this contract is off the Saints. Like a real (laughs) living human being, one of us has. 2026, this thing is still on the books. Oh my gosh, that's insane. So Michael Thomas didn't get traded.
1: I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we were
0: waiting for that one. We couldn't even put that in the crazy section. That's how
1: we couldn't even put it in the crazy section. I honestly wanted to. I wanted to. Imagine he gets traded tomorrow. Dude, I talked about like him maybe going to the Bills or like him going to the Packers or like something, man. This dude can't yeah. move. No, no. Uh, no did I miss nuts. anybody? Or uh, before we get out of here, I can't remember if there was anybody else that we talked about.
0: No, man. We are on to the guest mock drafts, um, which is going to be it's going to be two thirds of the week on the NFL stock exchange. Yeah, which is awesome, man. We uh, we've already booked a ton of awesome people that you know, like we you and I say, you and I cover the draft. You know, League-wide, we cover college football, we cover the NFL, uh, but we are not traveling with a team. We're, we're not in that game anymore. So bringing some of these people on that are just so day-to-day, boots on the ground with a specific team, I, I think we'll get some differing opinions
1: on the show than what you yes. and I bring, and, and that's that's always the goal. Dude, it's going to be so much fun because we're going to talk about, we're going to talk to a lot of these people who follow these teams very, very closely, and we're going to have a lot of conversations about who they think The team is going to pick, but then ultimately at the end of every interview, they themselves will be making each pick as the board falls to them. It's going to be a live continuous mock draft. And so it's a lot of fun to get to get to look back on this when it's all done and look back on it a year or two years down the road and see where everybody Kind of finished with where the guest mock draft was, where people, what they would have picked and what GMs actually went with. So it's such a fun exercise. I'm so excited to get it kicked off on Thursday. Don't worry. Connor and I, at the beginning of every podcast, it's not just going to go straight to the interviews. Even on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'll have about the first 10, 15 minutes yeah. to, to, to chit-chat between us and catch up on any major news that dropped or prospects that, that we've seen more recently that we have maybe got more film on that we want to talk about and give a shout out to so it'll be interview stuff but Connor and I'll make sure that we give our opinions and our analysis and everything I think throughout that uh, throughout that journey as well but very excited to get it kicked off on Thursday tune in then we'll see you guys then